Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Okay. Many of you know that I have a um, marble queen pothos vine in my office that has been there for 15 years. It was here at the church, down the hall, someone left it there looking haggard like it hadn't been taken care of, so I rescued it when I came in in January of 2006, and I I brought that plant in. And... um, Before I finish that, I really need to do something that's important. We have our Christmas outreach that's coming up this uh, on December 5th. And folks, we heard this morning that we already have over 1,000 children signed up. Just the children. And we passed out 1,500, 1,800 flyers yesterday so this is that point at which the pastor looks at you and says if you are not signed up to help on December 5th you cannot exit the building without your signature on a paper and I have security that can make that happen and, and so we need you to get signed up. And here's what I need to have happen. Both our, our nursery area and our children's ministry area need adults that will sit in and help. You don't have to be fully trained and licensed and have a certificate. You're not going to be teaching. We got people to take care of that. We got plenty of people that are in charge and will serve in the managerial role. What we do need, however, is more adults that will sit beside children and just act like an adult, not like a child. And, and just kind of like it was your family group, your small group, and you're just in charge of that small group and making sure the children in your area and there'll be designated areas that they are paying attention and that they're not running off just screaming and carrying on and smacking their other friends or not friends, uh, sitting near them, things like that. And then in a nursery level, of course, you all know how to handle that, that would be signed up for that. We don't want to take you from one area. If you're signed up and committed to that area, stay committed to that area. But if you've not signed up and you're thinking like this, oh, I'm going to be there, Pastor, and I'll help out when I get there. Don't do that to us. You just heard me say there are 1,000 children signed up. I need to know that you're going to be there and that you're committed. We have two services, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., excuse me, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., and I need people that will be there for both services. Maybe you can't be committed to both services, but sign up for the one service and let us know that you're signing up and you're going to be there. Be there on time and be ready to serve in those ministries. This is our biggest outreach of the year. And we've had good results. We still have people in our congregation connected to that outreach. This is our ninth annual outreach for Christmas. And we have some great prizes and stuff that we're giving away. 
trying to make it attractive to people to be here. So please help us out on this account. Get signed up. Minister Tina will be outside. She wants your name on a dotted line somewhere. And we don't, again, I don't want to take you from one ministry to another ministry. Um, we just need to make sure these ministries are covered. And so would you please help us out in this regard? Get signed up. Be willing to give up. That, that, that day, just so you all know, you show up here on that day, we're not ministering to you. It's not about you on that day. Now, today, every other Sunday, it can be about you, but not that day. That day, you wear yourself out for the kingdom. You can go home on Sunday night and say, man, I did some work for the kingdom of God. God will be smiling at you, and, and we'll give you a pat on the back, but I'm going to be just as worn out as you are, and we're just going to serve the Lord and love him with all of our heart. Can you help us out with that? Come on, get signed up. If you're not signed up, be willing to dedicate yourself to the, to the Lord and the kingdom that day. All right, you see the title to my message is all wrapped up in Jesus. That's why we have a beautiful little baby all wrapped up in a nice cuddly cloth. Because I want you all wrapped up in Jesus. Now, to take you back to where I started in, the, uh, in my il opening illustration, I have this Marble Queen Pothos plant. I have a a sample of it right here that uh, the person that shouts the loudest can take the cutting from it. You know? <laughs> Man, you were in the front row and you want yourself one of these? <laughs> well, I'll let you have it when we're done, Minister Tina. It, this is one of those, this is uh, a particular variety. This is the same plant. As you can see, it's just sort of plain green. That's why this one is called Marble Queen. And, and, and so I want you to understand that I've had that plant, that vine in my office for 15 years, and it is now, wait a minute, I can prove it. It is now over 100 feet long. It surrounds the entire ceiling of my uh, it's gone around my office four different times now. Um, and, and so that's how I know how long it is and what it is. That is. I'm not exaggerating. You can count the length of it by the tiles in the ceiling. And I know it's at least 100 feet long. I, it would spread out. It would go back and forth in right here two times um, if I laid it out. Now, I didn't tell you all of that to brag about a plan I have in my office. During this last week, in fact, on Thursday afternoon, I had to do some work on it, and I ended up cutting all of this off of that vine, um, 13 feet or so of that, that vine I cut off this week because it was starting to do that. This is the end of it, and it wasn't looking healthy. As you can see, it's worse than Charlie Brown Christmas tree. And, and so I had to get in there and cut it out because it was pulling down the rest of the vine. And that rot that you see on the end of it, if I allow it to continue, it can infect the rest of the vine. So that 100 feet that's sitting there is ultimately in jeopardy because of this little bit here. So what do I do as a gardener? As the husbandry or husbandman, that's a King James word for a guy that takes care of his garden. 
and, and, and you just tend to it. In doing that, I take out the bad stuff so that the good stuff is strong and able. Now, I don't know what caused the problem. I'm not a plant expert, even though all of this time. But um, uh, clearly, the nutrients or the ingredients needed for that portion of the vine to prosper weren't getting to it. Whether it wasn't enough sunlight or enough water or um, whatever, something, in short, its connection had failed. Something was blocking that portion of the vine from getting the nutrients it needed to survive well. I'm going to begin looking into this idea from the Old Testament perspective today. And obviously, I'm not talking to you about plant life. Rather, I'm looking at our life and how it parallels this vine in my office and plants or farming in general. And I want you to see this from the, I know I could do this from the New Testament, John chapter 15, and I got to throw in a couple of verses from John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. And, but I want, you may not even have known that this is in the Old Testament. So, Hosea chapter 14, verse 8, I'm reading it from the New King James Version. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do anymore with idols? I, and I put in the word God because it's God saying this, I have heard and observed him. Did y'all catch that? God does hear you. I have heard. God does see you and observed him. I am like a green cypress tree. He's not a green cypress tree. Therefore, we don't make idols out of wood. I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. Your fruit is found in me. This is God speaking to his children, the northern kingdom of Israel in this case, to whom Hosea prophesied. I want to begin by talking about our union. So let me move this thing along first. Our fruit is found from our God as to union. It's found from our God as to union. In other words, your connection is with God. And so when you get fruit in your life, it's because of your connection, your union to or with God. The fruit of the branch is directly traceable to the root. Every bunch of grapes that grows on a vine was first in the root. Somebody say amen. It passed through the stem and flowed through the sap vessels and fashioned itself externally into fruit. But it was first in the stem. It was first in the trunk. It was first in the base, even in the soil, you might say. It's connected. Sever that connection and the branch dies and no fruit is produced. You understand this thing is no longer going to produce more leaves. Knowing how hardy this is, I probably could take cuttings off of that and make it work too, or you could. Any of you that are feeling really like you can do things, you got a green thumb, you can plant that thing and stuff will happen. The right ingredients, 
the right rootage, the right soilage will even bring that thing back to life. It could be a resurrection. You can call it your resurrection plan. It's of absolute necessity that we maintain our connection with Christ. I can't get around this. And I want you to understand something. It's personal, it's private, and it's intimate. There's no way around this fact with the Lord. If you want a close relationship with God, it's on you. And you have to give time to it. You have to make it happen. You have to figure out how to let God into the space that you intentionally create in your life. Our problem is we're always dealing with the urgency of the moment. But there is a direct connection to what you put into this relationship with the Lord. If you nurture and cultivate this relationship, it will be sweet and something that you will cherish for all of your life. And I'll tell you this, as a seasoned believer and one that walks with Christ, I know and a few other, Sister Wavina, y'all will say amen, Pastor Mackay, all of you folks up here in the front row, the people who sit up in the front row, they really love Jesus and they're committed to the Lord. And, and they'll, they'll say the relationship with God gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter the more time you spend in his presence. It becomes like your best friend because he wants to be like your best friend that you can have intimacy with him. So I'll say it like this. Every good work we do is first in Christ. Everything that comes out of you that's good is from Christ. Believer prize this union to Christ because from this glorious connection flows beauty and life. He does this work in our lives. And, and, and as you commune with him, as you join with him, as you connect with him and stay connected in that growing relationship with him, from that glorious connection flows beauty and life. Remember that you are salt and light. Look at your neighbor right now and say, brighten up. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16 puts it this way. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead... A lamp is placed on a stand, light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, <clears throat> so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What am I telling you in all of this? I'm telling you to be careful to maintain your saltiness and your brightness. Here's a primary reason for being baptized in the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, to be in Spirit-filled. Because I'll tell you what, that connection with Holy Spirit, he'll brighten you up. Everywhere you go, everyone that sees you is going to ask questions. They'll be interested if you're walking with Christ as you should be and full of the Holy Ghost. He'll spill out onto others. He'll direct your path. He'll guide you into people and uh, people's lives and places that you need to go and they need to see Jesus in you. So we're connected to Christ in our union. We're also going to look now at our spiritual providence. Now, I know these are words that you're not commonly using, but our fruit comes from God as to spiritual providence. And, and 
All that means is that we have a relationship with God that it, it's built in, in, in this relationship and out of it is produced something. So God pours into us because we walk with him. It's, it happens. You know how you become like people that you hang around a lot? You start talking like they talk, doing things that they do. Don't make me say that because uh, I see it in some of you. I hear it happen. It happens in the church. And, and we start doing things because we're hanging out with these people and that and it starts rubbing off on us. And it's, you hang out with the Lord enough and he'll start rubbing off on you. Those sweet words from Joel repeated by Peter on the day of Pentecost speak of God infusing us with we, all we need to bring him glory. What beautiful words come from Peter who's repeating Joel. In the last day I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters. Your sons and daughters. He, he, no respecter of persons. He's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And when he pours out his spirit on us, we come alive. He infuses us with a greater power and ability. It's his ability working in us because we're connected with the root. We got ourselves connected with the Lord. Jesus said, I must go away that the comforter may come. And thank God the comforter has come. Because he comes and he infuses us with power and ability. And you can walk like someone who's in authority. Remember, they said that about Jesus. They even said it about his disciples. They could tell they had been with Jesus. They said it about Jesus. He speaks as one with authority. He had authority. You will too if you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul reminds us in Galatians 5, and 23 that those who have Christ in their lives will bear fruit that exhibits Christ. In other words, you'll show off Christ. Remember those words from Hosea 14, 8, now from the New Living Translation. I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. Your fruit is found in me. That connection with the Lord bears fruit. You can't help it. People will see Jesus in you if you're full of him. <laughs> you got the Holy Ghost in you. The fruit you bear, by the way, owes much to the root. That which is God comes flowing out of us like beautiful ripened fruit. As we immerse ourselves in him, he beautifies us. Turn say, say, Jesus makes you beautiful. Now, he may not make you sweet. Yeah, actually, he will. Yeah, if you start bearing some of that fruit like you're supposed to, he'll even make you sweet fruit. Hallelujah. Because what, it's God in us. Listen to Colossians 2, 6, and 7 from the Passion Translation. This is, a, this is a powerful verse. Every one of you that have a, a smartphone, check this verse out. You can get the Passion Translation without having to go buy one. 
and write these verses down. Look at this. I could preach. I could make this my whole message today. In the same way you receive Jesus, our Lord and Messiah, by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you are continually infused with strength, encouraged in every way, encouraged, past tense, in every way. How much is every way? It's every way that he encourages you or builds your life as you get yourself connected and bound up in the rootage that comes from your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. For you are established in the faith you have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to him. Talk about connection and what it brings about. You gotta gotta be firmly connected to him. Hallelujah. But you know what? It's not it's not all about the internal connection or the rootage. There's also external influences. How many of you are influenced by external things? Every single one of you. Some of you are hot. Some of you are still all bundled up. I'm up here wondering what is wrong with you. Of course, I was standing in a 120-degree tank of water for half an hour or more. We become disciples learning how to walk with Christ. That's where it starts, uh, the external influences. You need to be a disciple or you need to be discipling somebody. I need to say that again. That was good stuff, wasn't it, Minister Robert? You're texting me on your phone right now. You're just checking in on me make sure I'm preaching the right word. I won't be getting that text right now. See, y'all need to be paying attention because I'll call you out. <laughs> I don't want to keep you from your next appointment. You have to learn how to be a disciple, and you need to be a discipler. You need to be somebody that's helping somebody walk their walk of faith. Seek out and attach yourself to someone who is walking the path of faith well. Because they're an external influence, but a good external influence. Kind of like the sun and the water or the rain is an external influence on plants, trees, gardens. The sun is responsible for bringing about growth and development. And if they don't have water, they'll dry up and die anyway. So seek out and attach yourself to someone who's walking this faith path well. So as the sun and rain affect plant growth, so uh, reading the word, worshiping, and fellowshipping with other believers impacts our growth. That's why we encourage you to be in church. It has an impact on your spiritual life and well-being. If you're not in a place where you're getting fed regularly, you're going to dry up and die. You're going to shrivel away and be of no value. And what happens, you end up getting cut off. Listen, 
I'm going to read it here in a minute, but the Word tells you, if you ain't growing, you're dying, you get cut off. Spend time doing the things, by the way, that bring growth. What am you talking about, preacher? Listen to me. Some of you may not know this, but I'm, a, I'm about to learn you something. If you're trying to grow tomatoes, you need a few of those 70-degree-plus nights in August before they're going to turn ripe. It'll be just like a trigger that trips. You get a couple of those 70-degree nights in August, and suddenly your tomatoes go red. You didn't know that, did you? Now you do. And this is what happens. Spend time doing the things that bring growth. Attend church. Come out even on a Wednesday night so that you can grow in the word. Get your kids in rangers and missionette programs. Bring your young people to the youth group so that they can grow and develop. They can get some substance and they'll know that they have somebody growing alongside of them. How many of you realize, you understand that if you grow a single piece of wheat, you try to grow one single piece of wheat, the wind will come along and it will blow that piece of wheat over. But you get 500 of them together, and they can handle the wind. They'll just go back and forth with the wind. But you get your young people, your children into the ministry, into the church, into the work. And you adults, you get in here with the men's program, with the ladies' program. Get engaged, get involved, get connected. Those external influences will help you walk with Jesus. Let's talk about wise farming now. The wise farmer or gardener practices pruning. Now, this is the tough part. Put on your steel toe boots here for a minute. Some of you are going to struggle with this. There are some things you need to cut out of your life. When I was between the ages of 13 and 16 in the summertime, I'd go work with uh, a farmer. He just passed away, just passed away about three weeks ago. Uh, a wonderful man of God that would all, all of us boys in that area, he'd hire us, let us work with him in the summertime. And, and what we would do was in the orange groves, you know, countless, countless eh, vines and, and stuff that you had to pull out from the root because the root itself, if you didn't pull out the root, the vine would grow back. And so we'd have to clean out under these orange trees. It was dirty work, but it was what we had to do. But there was one other thing that he would always, he, he told us to watch for. Every time you crawled around a tree, he said, look for these things. What you, come on now, I'm just pushing it once, but it's doing twice on me. So anyhow, <clears throat> what you see there, that is the base of a small orange tree. That's what that is. And you'll notice how it has what looks like there's the large portion, and it looks like a stem is kind of growing off to the side of it. Now, forget the bright green things that you're looking at. I am going to talk about them, but every orange tree comes from the stock of a, um, it's more of the lemon variety because the rootage on these Root, that, that, uh, the variety that they come from, the citrus rootage, they handle the, uh, uh, both uh, mites and, and other things that would kill the tree. They're more drought resistant and they're capable of handling the ground that they are grown in. 
So they come from the stalk of a different kind of citrus. Every, cit every kind of orange that you have is grafted. And what you see there is that grafting. So it matters what you are grafted into helps you with your health and your growth. But there are suckers that come along and will steal from you, rob from you, and take from you that which is good and necessary for your life and growth and development in the Lord. And that's what those little bright green things you see are growing on the side of that orange tree. They're suckers. Anybody ever met a life sucker around church? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> they happen in around trees. They'll suck the life right out of you. You'll come into church all blessed. You won't believe what happened to me. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Life suckers. It happened in and around the church. That came from Hee Haw. Yes, that's an ancient announcement at this point. So what we would have to do is, in the orange groves, we'd have to go around and cut those things off of the trees. Now, if... Because it's an orange grove and you're not able to pay attention to every single tree all the time, we would go around with pruning saws and we'd have to cut some of those things that, that big around and 10 feet tall because they keep growing. They're full of life, man. They, they're right down connected to the roots and they do good. They're growing strong. And if you don't cut them out, guess what happens? They do bear fruit. And here's the fruit that they bear. That's what it looks like and it tastes like a lemon. Because that's the rootage. What's in the root comes out in the fruit. What are you connected to? <laughs> What's in the root, if it's bad, comes out in the fruit. So if you don't cut off that connection to some stuff you need to have out of you. Listen to me for a moment. A farmer or gardener will cut something good off to produce something far better. People that produce these giant pumpkins that y'all just saw since we just came through that harvest time, Halloween period, they don't allow four pumpkins to grow on that vine. They cut off the three so that the one gets all the good nutrients and nurture and care for. I've even heard that they'll, they give them milk. They do all kinds of strange things to make those giant pumpkins grow like they grow. They do. And they're not, they're not, they're not interested in the three or four. They're only interested in the one, and they want the one to get all of the good nutrients. So they prune off the life suckers so that the one can grow to its greatest extent. You may need to cut some non-sin activities out of your life to leave room for God to produce something greater in yours. I told you it might hurt a little bit. Here's where it is. 
we let so many things crowd God out of our lives. Some of you young families, you're so tied up with football, baseball, soccer, and things. And listen, you need to figure out how to cut some of the nonsense. You could be involved yourself in some nonsense. It doesn't have to be sin to be wrong. Just be in the way. It's a life sucker. You only have so many hours in a day. And you can get yourself running after, worn out, running after, chasing after stuff. Oh, this is what good families do. We go after this and we do that and we're at this activity. You can overdo it even in the church activities and still leave Jesus out. I know, here I am, I'm the preacher. But I'm telling you, you have to learn how to control the external circumstances and situations in your life in such a way that you can build your private, personal, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to tell you that that is of the greatest value for you. That relationship. So there may be some things you got to cut out. And if you pay attention, God is the gardener or the husbandman. And that's a King James word, just means he's the caretaker. He's the one that does the stuff. And like taking candy from a child, they child doesn't like it if you take candy away from them, but you may not like some things that God wants removed from you. You may not like it, may not feel good. I've had God take some things out of my life that I didn't enjoy him taking them out. You have to give up some territory. Have to relinquish some of your life. Why? Because you've got to have time for the Lord. You've got to have space for him. And we're, we're terrible at that here in the United States. We fill up every moment of all, every day. And, and it, you know why we've sacrificed it? I can tell you why. I can tell you why we've sacrificed it. Because we forgot what a Sabbath meant. We sacrificed the Sabbath in the name of having to make things work in our society. And so we never have real rest. We don't let our minds rest. Because you don't have to be actively engaged in something all the time. You need to be able to relax. Get back your thought life. Who knows what you could come up with if you were to sit still long enough to get an actual thought that's creative. But instead of we're filling it up. Oh, I got to check out what's on there on Instagram. And then something comes in, there's a meme in there, there's some kind of, don't get lost, in, you get lost in the TikToks. You can get real lost in TikTok. You can get real lost, real fast in TikTok. Always tying our brains up, always tying our lives up and all these activities and all of this stuff. We've got to learn how to take some time with the Lord. Just get alone with God and cut everything out. Whatever that means. If you've got to get up earlier, 
got to stay up later, find some way to get God into more of your life. When you do this, now listen, so you could be listening to me right now, and, and it's kind of like listening to an, a guy that's trying to convince you to do investments. And it's like, it's just shooting past you, and you're like, I don't even have, the, I don't have, you do have time to invest in the kingdom of God and the work of God. You have this. You just have to figure out how to cut out the garbage that's already in the way. There are ways. So if it means getting up earlier, staying up later, figure out a way. But spend time and get alone with God because that relationship will bear the greatest fruit in your life that you could ever possibly imagine. I guess I got to get back on track here. So let's, let's finish this out. You, you uh, anal people that got to take all of your notes, I got to get you there. So does the pain of any loss keep us from submitting to the husbandry of God? So are we saying, God, no, because it hurts? It's a loss. You may feel the pain of a loss or when something has to be cut out. But I want you to understand something. Don't avoid that pain because on the other side of it may be something you never imagined could happen. Have you grown enough in him to allow him to prune you like to his liking, excuse me? Have you matured enough in the Lord? Has your confidence in the Lord been built up enough that you know you can trust him? Even if what's going away from you doesn't feel good, can you trust him enough? Because I've learned this about the Lord. He's absolutely trustworthy. Let me conclude this thing. From me is thy fruit found. There's the old King James language. From me is thy fruit found. John 15, 1 and 2, I told you I might end up here at some point. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. You see the connection here? Jesus is saying, I am the vine. My father's the gardener, or the husbandman. He cuts off Every branch of mine. How much branch is every branch? Every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he proves the branches that do bear fruit. So you could even be doing good, and yet God's saying, I want to take you up higher. I'm going to take you up to the, another level. So how are you going to get to another level unless you have to bear the faith that's required at that next level? You can't get there unless your faith is tried to the extent that you grow through it. Your trust, your confidence in God is built in the pruning process. Prunes the branches that do not bear fruit or do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Truly, Jesus is our go-between or our mediator. You'll notice that he said, he's the vine and my father, or God is the gardener. You remember Jesus saying, I only do the things I see my father doing. 
That's that connection, see? And you get connected well enough, you get connected right, and you'll see God working His work in you. And you, can, you build your confidence in the Lord and what He's doing and how He's doing it. Jesus thanked the Lord, gained direct access for us to the Father. Jesus did that. When, he, when that veil was rent in the temple... Jesus did that. So you could have direct access to God the Father. He's our connection. Remember what he said, I am the vine. My Father, my Father, he is the gardener. Trust him. We need to maintain our connection with him. That's the only way to get this and get it right. Maintain our connection with him. Look what Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 say. Work hard. That's what my boss would say. Old Charles Ray Coward, he'd say, all right, boys, y'all work hard. It's Florida, folks. Y'all know what it's like in Florida in the summer? I'm crawling under orange trees. The sand is hot. And there are sand spurs. You may not know what they are, but they, they're bad. They stick you. Thorns. Just think of them as little balls of thorns that grow on grass. So you may not even know this is what you're getting yourself into till you feel it. And there are red ants. The occasional yellow jacket nest. And, and even more occasionally, a little, now and then there's a black widow to deal with. And we're crawling around all up in them trees, pulling stuff and jerking things out of there. Here I am, still alive. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. The King James puts it this way, work at, let each man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. What's that mean? That means he is counting on you and you've got effort to put into this thing. And the effort you put into it directly correlates to the fruit that will be born out of it. It reminds us that we have an effort to put forth. Let me bring this thing to a close. God is absolutely just. He will care for you and shape you in the image that he desires if you'll yield to him. And I, what I want to do is I'm going to close with the verse from the, our lead passage in Hosea, chapter 14. I want you to see verse 9, because it brings it around to, a, for me, a, an amazing conclusion. Listen to this from Hosea 14, verse 9. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right. And righteous people live 
by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. It's happening in the world we're a part of. It's happened throughout all time, but it's happening in our world, and you should be able to visibly see it. The things that we know are the righteous paths of, the wor- uh, 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 of our lives, of the Lord, they cause the world to stumble when people walk in them. And so I want you to walk upright before God and understand these principles. Get connected and stay connected. I could sum it all up in that with Jesus. Get connected and stay connected. Submitting yourself to God's husbandry is sometimes painful, but always worth it in the end. And so if you'll allow him, he'll make you more beautiful than you ever imagined. So once again, look at your neighbor right now and say, Jesus makes you beautiful. I want to close with this a little story and I have to keep it short but some of you have heard me say a little bit about this but uh, I left this church as an assistant to the pastor at the time in 1990 Um, we had been here five years loved the ministry here and our time here Uh, just got to see that pastor just yesterday and have an amazing good relationship with them and at some point god willing i'm gonna have him over and y'all will get to hear him preach he's in a wonderful preacher a wonderful preacher and in any case we we left and we went to a little town near wilkesbury called 44 and i became the lead pastor they called me senior pastor i was i just turned 30 and i was like i don't even like this word uh lead pastor senior pastor i don't even I'm just trying to be a pastor at this point. And uh, it, was, it was a learning experience for me, obviously. I'm just 30 years old, and I had been an assistant here, so I was under a tutelage of a good pastor. But now I'm on my own. And I can tell you by the second year mark, I felt like in our annual business meeting, I felt like we were being crucified. I felt like I was being crucified. The business meeting went real bad, really bad. And bad enough, I had to shut it down. I'll just tell you that way. Had to shut down the meeting. Say, we're not having any voting. This is not the way meetings are supposed to go. I'm gonna send you guys home. You can pray and fast for a couple of weeks. We'll get back together and when our spirit's right, maybe we can make some decisions. Say, all that to say that it was, it was a difficult time frame for us in ministry. And I was at that point, Pastor Amy had looked at me and said, I'm ready to go, let's get, let's just do it. You can just turn in your resignation and we're gone. We'll figure it out. It was hard. But I didn't feel a release from the Lord to do that. And it would not have been right for me to do that at that point. And so over the next period of a couple of years, actually, God was doing his work in us and through us. Now, the, even at that point, at the two-year mark, it had already doubled in size. It was, it was doing well on all accounts. 
But that time in our life and ministry was a time when God was pruning. He had to cut some stuff out of me that had was sapping spiritual energy and right growth. He had to channel it in ways that I'm saying this to you to say it was painful and we did not like it. But I'm 60 years old now and have been in ministry 36 years. And that period of time, while I would never want to repeat it, I can look you in the eye and say thank God for that period of my life because it made me a better pastor. Hear the words I just said. I'm a better preacher, no doubt about it. But that made me a better pastor. Because I know stuff that I only found out through walking that path that way. So I can look you in the eye right now and say to you, it may be hard where you're at right now. You may feel like you do not deserve what you're dealing with right now. You may feel like you've been beat up and people have mistreated you, mishandled you, and done all kinds of things wrong. And I could justify my actions. I could have left that church and gone on my way, but I would have missed what God wanted to work in me, let alone Pastor Amy. God had to do a work in me. And the way he chose to do it was through that pathway. And I'm a better pastor today because of that path that I walked through. And I'm saying all of that to say to you, whatever you're facing, Kezia, I did not know you were here. Bless the Lord. You came to see your sister get baptized. God is making in you what he wants in you that you will be so beautiful that people will look upon you and say, wow, is that what Jesus does? Wouldn't you want him to say that? Wouldn't you want people saying that of you? Stand to your feet. I wonder who's going through a little bit of the pain of being pruned right now. The husbandry of God right now. I wonder if you're sitting here today or standing here now at this moment and God's been doing some pruning, pulling out some vines, getting the nasty out of the way so that you can get all the good that's in Him. Some stuff he needs to cut off your life. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Maybe you're here today. We've already had an altar call, if you will, but maybe you're here this, this afternoon now and you'd say, I, I, I know God's doing a work in me. And if, he's, if God's doing a work in you and you know it and this message has spoke to you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? 
How about this? Could I avoid all of the frivolity, if you will, of, of, of pushing and dragging and pulling and just say to you, if you meant business with God and you just now raised your hand, would you come to the altar and yield yourself to God fresh and new? Say, Lord, I'm going to submit myself brand new, fresh to you right now. I want you to do in me what you need to do in me. Go ahead. Leave that pew. Come on down. And, and I know, I understand. If people got to go, you got to go. I'm not going to make anything of it. It's already near 1 o'clock. I get it. But if you're, you're saying, I want God to do more work in me, I want to be used more, I need God to do some things in me, and I recognize now after hearing that word that maybe, just maybe, it's God that's doing a little pruning on me that he needs to do. I want to give you a chance bring it to the Lord. And this ain't about me or deacons and elders laying hands on you. This is about you. You're saying, God, I'm going to submit myself to you, fresh and new. I'm making a fresh commitment to you. I've made a mess out of things. My life is messed up. Or maybe it's just some specific area of your life that's just messed up. You ask the Lord to help you right now. Pastor Mackay would be a great place. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Come on, lay it before him right now. You're watching online. You make a fresh commitment to the Lord. Let him know that it's real for you too. You're not in the church service, but you're saying, I know, God, that you've been doing some work in me, and forgive me, Lord, for trying to thwart the process, trying to redirect it, and blaming the devil and blaming my spouse or blaming my kids or blaming somebody else when you're actually here trying to do some work in me that doesn't really feel that great right now, but you're doing the work. How's he going to build your faith unless you're encountering something that requires your faith to grow? So God, you know the men and the women, the young people that are down here right now, and you know their life story, you know their situation. Even as they walked up to this altar today, you didn't walk away from them. You're right here to meet them. This is that place where the still waters and the green pastures are. You're leading them, Lord. You're leading them in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You're building them through a process that's called pruning so that what's produced from their lives is far greater, far better. So God, as they work out their salvation, as they work out what you're doing in them, Strengthen them in this process, Lord. 
Give them a greater resolve. Make them courageous in this moment to say, I can submit to you because I can trust you fully, Lord. I don't have to understand every nuance of what's going on in my life to understand that you're faithful because I know you're faithful. So, Lord, build them, strengthen them, work in them that which you need to work in them, Lord Jesus, so that the light is brighter from them, so that they're saltier, Lord Jesus. They bring more flavor to their neighbors, to their workmates, to their loved ones, God, so that you're seen and more visible in them. So we resubmit ourselves, Lord, to the process that only you can work in our lives. And I thank you, precious Jesus, for all that you're going to do in their lives. Holy Spirit, we turn this over to you. You keep working what, you keep talking to them, Lord, and help them build their relationship with you close enough they can hear you when you start speaking, Lord. Break us out of our, our ignorance of you and your voice. Break us out of that, Lord. I know you want to build and strengthen your body. Thank you for that. Come on, a little more, Pastor Mackay. You provide the fire. I'll provide the sacrifice. You Thank you, Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And I trust that as you've yielded your life to the Lord today, fresh and anew, that you'll be able to walk this out. He'll give you everything you need to do this from this point forward. Hallelujah. Love you all. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you Tuesday night. Don't forget to sign up. Help us out.
I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.